0: Merry meet. Welcome to Witch Magic. I'm Dawn, and I will be taking you on a spiritual journey to all things magic and witchcrafts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Witch Magic. Let's talk about Children of the Craft. I first got into witchcraft when my kids were real young. I've always believed in letting them choose their own path, even though they were all baptized and my oldest daughter made her first communion. It was right after that when I got introduced to witchcraft. I was born and raised Catholic but my parents were not extremely extremely religious. We didn't go to church every Sunday, just sometimes. Um, and especially, you know, a lot of the times we went during Easter or, you know, things like that. My brother, sister, and I were all baptized. And we went to CCD classes, made our first communions and confirmations. <clears throat> but I kind of always felt a disconnect with it all. I didn't necessarily believe in everything the Bible said or what we did in our religious studies some of it I believed in but some of it just didn't seem right to me and I was always bored at church I know a lot of kids are but you know I I was just always bored with church I did like the singing parts but that was about it so when I was introduced to witchcraft a whole big giant light bulb just glowed. I discovered that this is what was meant for me, and as I furthered my studies, I got interested in other worldly religions, mainly Hinduism and Buddhism. So I, at that point, realized how important it is for my children to choose their own way. Of course, I talked to them about the different religions, But of course, with them being young and seeing what I was doing, they became very involved in witchcraft. They were fascinated by it. They even participated in rituals, especially for the Sabbaths. We went to a Beltane ritual once, and they joined in the circle, and later the drumming. And then I discovered something called Spiral Scouts. I honestly don't know exactly how I came across finding this, it might have been from books, because. I remember reading books that were made for families and doing rituals with your children. One book I remember that my whole family loved was called Circle Round. And at this time, I can't quite think of the author's name, but here, let me look it up real quick because I do want to get that for you. Circle Round. Okay, it's written by Starhawk, Diane Baker. In Ann Hill, there we go. In this book, there were family-oriented activities in there based mostly on nature, which was what the Spiral Scouts was all about. This organization is a twist on Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts where it's all nature-based, and it's for boys and girls together. We got together with the leaders who I quickly became friends with and they had a small group of children of all ages who joined. We happened to stumble upon it just as they were beginning, so we only missed like two meetings. Anyway, we made crafts for the Sabbaths and earned badges, had a uniform and neck cords. It was wicked cool. My kids loved it. And the friends we made through it, we actually hung out with on a regular basis. They had kids of their own as well, so we formed kind of a little circle of our own. We joined in with rituals, and we always always made them spectacular. I mean, honestly, we actually had scripts that we read from. It was so cool. Pretty much like I'm doing right here. I write myself a script for my podcast episodes, and then I kind of go by it. And sometimes I'll kind of just ramble on about stuff, like I am right now. Um, and other times I'll stick with it. So it might sound like I'm kind of reading sometimes, but yeah, whatever. It's That's pretty much what it is. But this is me putting in my input and I have to write it down so that I don't forget what I want to tell you guys, right? And, um, you know, it, it just helps me stay focused on it and getting all my points across and things like that. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it really does help. So, it was like our own little unofficial coven. And years later, We started going to a Unitarian Universalist church. My kids went to the youth classes and they did arts and crafts for all the religious holidays. I loved that a lot because it got them in a more diverse mindset and they were learning more about these other religions. Now that my kids are older, they're all adults. They are on their own paths. My oldest daughter is agnostic. She believes in a higher power. She's just not sure what. Or who it is. My youngest daughter is still interested and supportive of paganism, but she mostly falls toward Buddhism and Hinduism, actually. She likes that too. My son is very Christian. He always reads his Bible. He goes to church on a regular basis. He is very vocal, let's say, about his beliefs, and he wishes others to follow. So I'm glad that my kids have found their own ways because it makes them independent. But you could certainly involve your kids in your craft. I really recommend the Circle Round book. I'm sure there are many more newer books out there that cater to families with children, so be on the lookout for those. Take your whole family to local rituals during the Sabbaths. Let them participate in your rituals at home. Find a local chapter or Spiral Scouts near you. I have brought my granddaughter kids' potions kits because she loves making stuff and, mixing stuff and creating. So you could do something like that as well. It's awesome if your family gets involved, but you do have to remember to let them find their own paths. They might not believe in it enough to stick with it for life. Just like me being raised Catholic, I discovered it didn't resonate with me. Witchcraft might not resonate with your kids, and that is okay. And please, please never involve kids that aren't your own flesh and blood. Unless you have permission from their parents or guardians and that they know exactly what all is involved. For your own protection, please keep that in mind. Other magical things that you can do with your children is take nature walks and point out all kinds of plants and herbs that you might find. Let them help you plant a garden and some fairy houses and fairies to it. Admire the moon together. Listen to Celtic and pagan music. They have some made for kids, you know. Show them their birth chart when they are old enough to understand what it is. Watch Harry Potter together or some other witchy family movies. There are certain rites of passage celebrations, which some pagan families used to, use to introduce Not only family and friends to the newest witchy being of the family, but to also introduce the newest member of the family to the craft. The very first rite would be would be when the baby is first born. Families get together to meet the baby, and they have a naming ceremony. This can happen with just immediate family, or within a witchy community, or a mixture of both. It's preference. If the baby is a girl, she will later have a coming-of-age celebration when she gets her first period, also known as her moon cycle. This is her gateway into womanhood. Now, some young girls might get a little embarrassed about being the center of attention for this reason, (laughs) so they may decide they don't want to have a party about it. I think I would just completely die if my parents ever did that to me, but... It it didn't. It's all good. But if they do, that's pretty awesome. Now for the boys, there will come a time in his life where he will want the responsibilities of a man. I don't think there's a set age for this, but I would think that 18 would be the age as that's when they legally turn into an adult. But then I think of how Jewish boys have their bar mitzvah at the age of 13 that is their coming of age celebration so to speak and then pagan boys might think it unfair to have a kind of a coming of age celebration as late as 18 when the woman can have theirs as early as say 11 sometimes even earlier anyway those are some of the rites in the early years when they get married the families might want to have a hand fasting this is when the officiant will tie the hands of the couple together with skeins of yarn that they braid together with colors that represent meaningful things to them. It's fun for children to learn about the planets and moons and stars, as well as plants and animals and fairies and unicorns. They will have fun drumming during rituals and dancing around the maypole. Think about the joy they will feel when they see a spell come to fruition, especially if they helped with it. There is so much that they can learn that it is so important to our universe. Take them off those tablets and phones and get them out in nature. With all that being said, it all comes down to choice. Like I mentioned before, I introduced my own kids into the craft. I had them help with spells and rituals. I took them to festivals and spiral scouts, and they truly did love it. But as they get older, they made their own decisions, their own paths, and that's okay. Some children stick with the religious practices of their family that they grew up with, while others veer down a different path, and that's okay. But if you choose to raise your children pagan, Wiccan, or other nature-based spirituality, then I hope that some of these tips can help you on your way. Alright, so now I have the Moonology Oracle cards, which I'm going to draw from. And I know I've used these cards on here before. These cards are by Yasmin Boland, and the artwork is by Nix Rowan. So, let's just see what the Moonology cards want to tell us. All right, I'm going to pick the top card. All right, let me find it in the book. The card I drew is called Your Commitment is Being Tested, and it's from the first quarter moon. So here I'll read the description. There could be some challenges coming your way, but they're just the universe's way of testing you. The first quarter moon calls for you to face any hurdles with confidence. What do you actually think is possible? If you believe you can do it, then you probably can. If you spend your life affirming that something is too big for you to surmount, it probably is. See how it works. Do you believe your dreams will come true or have you secretly already given up? Showing some commitment now will help you move towards your desired outcome. What you believe to be true is true for you to believe in yourself. And then, the attuned to the moon says, I am committed to my dreams and move towards them with confidence. And then additional meanings for this card. The answer to your question is yes, but not yet. You're halfway to your goal. You still need to put in a bit more effort. Sometimes we just need to realize how much we want something. You need to recommit to someone or something. And the teaching of this card says: In the lunar cycle, the first quarter moon comes between the new moon and the full moon. It's a time when the sun and moon are at a hard, are at a hard astrological angle to each other, and this can prompt a small crisis. No matter when you pull this card, you need to see any dramas as a stepping stone to where you want to be. It can also be a time when you need to stay strong through a storm. All right, so that is that. And then, let's go ahead and do an everyday spell card. and get it out of the box. Okay, there we go. This one is a full moon ritual. You will need one white candle, a piece of paper, and a pen. Light the candle and place it on a dish. Watch the flame and think about the element fire. Repeat this mantra. Tonight, I choose to reflect your light and open myself to radiant clarity. I light this fire in the name of the moon so that my request may be granted. Thank you, goddess, so mote it be. Write down your intention in great detail on the paper. Place the paper under the candle. Leave it there till the candle finishes burning. Once done, hide the paper in your journal in a secret place. So, um, leaving the paper there till the candle finishes burning. Let me just kinda say something about that. Now, obviously you wanna use a small candle, right? So, cause you don't want it to take forever to burn down, right? But even if you use like a votive candle, you know what, you can use a tea light candle. That would probably even be better. But if you do use a votive candle or anything bigger for that matter, please do not leave the candle burning When you're in bed or when you're out of the house, you know, whatever. If you need to extinguish the candle, that's okay. Just light it up again when it's safe to. All right? And just keep the paper under there until the candle is completely burned out. However long that takes. Okay? Please do me that favor and be safe with the candles. That is my disclaimer to you. All right. Okay, everyone, thanks for tuning in. If you like this podcast, please take a moment to head over to Apple or Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and a review. Share this podcast on your social media and come join us on the Facebook group. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram, as well as one of my tiers on Patreon and Coffee. All of these links, as well as a link to my website, will be on the show notes. Have a very magical week. So that's going to do it for today. I will be airing these podcasts about once a week, so be sure to tune in. You might want to choose to get notified when I air so that you don't miss a thing. If you have any comments, please feel free to connect with me on my Facebook group. I will leave the link to that along with my website on the show notes. Blessed be.